Welcome, everyone. So good to have all of you at all of our churches today, Bluntstown, Chipley, and Mariana. Today, we're in the third part of our series entitled, How to Leave It Better Than You Found It. But one thing before we jump into today's talk. Next Sunday, January the 28th, we have an opportunity for those of you who are new to RCC or kind of curious about what might be next for you at RCC. We are calling it our What's Next Lunch. And really what it is, it's an opportunity for you to have lunch with the lead pastor of your campus. That'd be Dustin in Bluntstown and Philip and Chipley and myself here in Mariana. And just share a little short overview of what we're going to do. Share an overview of our mission and vision. And um, you're going to have an opportunity to have, ask any questions that you might have about RCC or maybe your next step. There's going to be a great lunch that's going to be available to all of you that come. And also there will be childcare available. And you'll get to meet the staff at all of our campuses have an opportunity, as I said, to ask them any questions or just help understand what's available for you and your family. So we would just love for you to join us as we start out this year. I sent out some emails to some of you inviting you to it, and I know Dustin and Philip did as well this week. So uh, thanks for your responses for those of you that are kind of newer to RCC and uh, love to get to know and meet who uh, meet you and let you know kind of what we can do for you as a church. Now, you can let us know that you're going by signing up on the RCC app or stopping by the gallery on your way out today and just let our team know and let them know if you've got any questions as well. They'd be glad to answer um, your questions for us. Now, let's jump into today's talk. And as we said for the last couple of weeks, the reason for this series is something that is very true for most all of us, and that is this. No matter what you were experiencing as you begin 2024, here's what we all want. We want our lives at the end of 2024 to be better than what they were at the end of 2023. And you know, that's really a good thing because it really is a reflection of God, that God-given longing that all of us have to experience the abundant life that Jesus came to invite us to experience in and through a relationship with him. But here's what we also know, because we live in a real world, right? We also know that sometimes better is not always easy to find, and better is not always easy to do. And so that's why in this series, what we're doing, we're exploring a series of decisions and choices that if you make them at the beginning of this year, it will guide you to leave 2024 better than you found it. So this week, what we're doing is we're addressing a decision. And don't miss this. It is a very intentional decision about an area of our life that is more important to us than most of us think about. And rarely do we even discuss how important this area of our life is to the outcome of our overall life in our day-to-day -day conversations. And the area that we're talking about is our character. So let me just start with this. Your life is made up of a lot of different areas or a lot of different components. But there are three primary components that are common to all of us. Think about it this way. We all have responsibilities, don't we? Like this may represent your educational responsibilities, your career responsibilities, or maybe even your financial responsibilities. But we all have plenty of responsibilities, don't we? We all feel the weight of them. And then we all have relationships. Now, the relationships, that would be people like your family, your friends, your coworkers, your classmates, the neighbor that doesn't mow their yard, like you think they should mow their yard or plays their music too loud and too late into the evening. So relationships are all the people that affect or impact your life in some kind of way. And then, as we said, 
we all have this component, our character. This is the part that stays below the surface in our life. This is the part that isn't quite as obvious as the other two parts. See, our character is who we are when nobody is watching. Our character is what we value and believe. It's the stuff that we know is important, but we often don't focus on this because it's not quite so visible. It's kind of below the surface. Now, we all know what happens here with our character. It impacts what happens here, our responsibilities and our relationships. And that's, that's not really any new information for us, is it? I mean, think about it this way. If you're a person of integrity, a person of character, you have self-control and you're a person of kindness and generosity and, and self-discipline and, and you do what you say you're going to do and you take the initiative, right? You work hard. Th then here's what you know. Your relationships are going to be better, aren't they? And if the same thing is true of you, that you're a person of integrity and you do what you say and, and you, you're like, I, I'm, I've got character, then we know that your responsibilities are going to come out a whole lot better for you as well, right? You're probably going to excel financially. You're going to probably excel vocationally, right? So what we know is when you have good character, these, your responsibilities and your relationships get better. We know that. But we also know that the reverse is true, right? Like whatever cracks exist in our character, they create issues in both of these other areas, our relationships and our responsibility. And again, some of you are sitting there going, yeah, I hadn't thought about that in a while. It's not really anything new. In fact, matter of fact, we're all kind of sitting there probably thinking, yeah, I can probably tell a few personal stories about my own lives and, and stories about other people where they experienced both sides of the coin where their character was great or my character was great in the season and that was so, going so much better or my character wasn't great or their character wasn't great and whew, man, that was a train wreck. But there's a second important observation about character that we often overlook. And the reason we overlook it is not because we don't think character is important. The problem is, is because character is below the surface line, it's not that visible part of your life, it's not urgent. We don't see it as something urgent to work on every day. So we often, we don't do anything about our character until the pain of our relationships and the pain of our responsibilities and things around us start crumbling around us. And then we wish that we had been doing something about this, our character, all along. Or the other thing that most of us do is we blame our bosses and our coworkers or we blame our spouses and our friends and everybody we're in a relationship with when in reality, we haven't done the hard work of our character. We haven't focused on our character. So today to get us started, I want to read a few verses that James, he wrote in this letter way back in the very first century. 
In this letter, James, who was the half-brother Jesus, he was one of the leaders in the primary leaders in the church in Jerusalem. He stresses why we need, don't miss this, he stresses why we need character building people in our lives. People who will hold us accountable to work on our character. And he also helps us understand why we better pay attention to this, why we need to understand this is a urgent thing that we need to be looking at and dealing with every day, reviewing who we are, why we're doing what we're doing, because he tells us what the impact is on our life when we do, and he tells us what the impact on our life is when we don't. So here's what James writes. If you got your Bibles, go with me, James chapter 3. Here's what he says, James chapter 3, beginning in verse 13. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Now, here's what I think we'd all agree all over campuses, Blunstown, Chipley, Marion. I think we'd all agree that wisdom and understanding and humility, they are all character traits, right? They're all character qualities. In other words, a good life is an inside job. A life that's lived out of humility, a life that has wisdom, a life that has understanding from God's perspective. So here's the thing that James is saying. Nobody lives a good life with a bad character or a bad heart. So wisdom, understanding, and humility, they come from the character part of you. But that wisdom, understanding, humility, it shows up, he says, that good life, it shows up in your responsibilities and your relationships. So he's saying, listen, your character, your wisdom, your understanding, your humility, which is just part of some of the character traits we're going to look at this morning, he goes, they show up in a good life. So if you're going along going, oh, my relationships are good, my, my, my work is horrible, his thing is, the first thing you need to do is not look at all the other people. You need to look at your character. Because James is reminding us that nobody lives a good life with shaky, unstable character. He's also reminding us this, that character, it doesn't happen by accident. See, it takes intentional effort to develop humility. Think about that. It takes intentional effort to choose the attitude of humility every day. The Apostle Paul says it's something that we need to clothe ourselves with daily. You, you have to choose to be humble and to be wise and to be understanding. Not, not have a lot of intellectual knowledge, but really have wisdom, seeing things from God's perspective, not our perspective. So a good life is built on character, it's not something that you just drift into. It's why James shares with us in the next verse, verse 14, what we naturally drift into, which is what most of us are experiencing in our responsibilities and our relationships. He says, here's what we naturally drift into. Look at verse 14 with me. He says, but if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition. So where does bitter envy show up? Shows up in our relationships. If you got bitterness, resentment, that's what bitter envy means. You got anger going on, unforgiveness. He's going, man, you need to check your character. 
It's not about the other person. It's about your character. So if you harbor, because you're, you're the one harboring this. You're the one holding on to the grudge. You're the one that's not moving forward with your life. If you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition, so where does that show up? In our responsibilities. Sometimes it shows up in our relationships. We run over people. He says, if you harbor those in your hearts, do not boast about it. Or, and here's like some of you going, oh, I don't boast about that stuff. I, you know, don't. Or he goes, no, here's what we do do all the time. We deny the truth about it. We blame the other people. We, we say all of the responsibilities, my, you know, the reason my work is so miserable, the reason my school is so miserable is because of my classmates, my teacher, my boss, my coworkers. The reason my relationships are so miserable because those people. And James says, no, 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 it's because you harbor this stuff in your heart and you deny it because you're not honest about your character flaws. So James says that we naturally, we naturally drift toward bitter envy and selfish ambition, right? So left unguarded, that is what will always end up in these top two circles, your relationships and your responsibilities. That's left to unguarded. That's what always is going to be rattling around in your heart when it comes to your relationships and your responsibilities. And so James knew, hey, it's just human nature to either boast or to deny the truth about what's in our hearts, what's in our character. It is to respond with a level of pride and arrogance and ego and refuse to change but say everybody else and everything else needs to change and ignore the fact that we have a real problem here. But when you refuse to deal with this issue in your heart, your character, he, he goes on to tell us, you're setting yourself up for some major disaster. I want you to look out, James tells us this in verse 16. He says, for where you have like bitter envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder. Some translations say chaos. Some translations say disorganization with your life. Selfish ambition, there you find disorder, chaos, and every evil practice. See, all of this is his James way of warning us that what is in your heart, what you're built on, what your life is built on, it's going to come out of you regardless of the socially acceptable behavior you try to project on everybody else. In other words, he's saying there's not a wall between these three. There's not a wall between your character, your responsibility, and your relationships. They're not three individual segments. You can't keep them quarantined and separate. Bad character will sabotage everything else in your life. In fact, most people who divorce their spouse, most people who leave jobs angry and mad, and they're blaming everybody else, it's got nothing to do with everybody else. It's got everything to do with this. Bad character will sabotage everything in your life. See, character flaws lead to relational and vocational failures. But we blame everybody else. So what do you do if you've got an issue right here? What do you do? 
Here's what you do. You cooperate with God and you let him change you here. You don't say, God, I need a new job or God, I need a new teacher or God, I need a new spouse or God, I need a new family. It's not, it's not that. It's like, God, I need you to change my heart. And when I say let God change you, I don't mean that you, that you kind of learn how to monitor your behavior so that other people look at you as more respectable and you got more socially acceptable behavior, that you're filtering more what you say so that stuff doesn't come out of your mouth that makes other people look, oh, like that person doesn't have character. No, no, no. When I say you gotta let God change you, I'm saying God wants to change you from the inside out so much so that your character reflects the very nature of Jesus Christ himself. And you go, what does that look like? Well, then James begins to unpack, what does Christ-like character look like? Verse 17, here's what he says. But the wisdom, literally seeing things from God's perspective, not a worldly perspective, but seeing things from God's perspective is first pure. Everybody park there for just a moment. See, what God wants to do in you is to develop purity of character. And that is absolutely lacking in our culture. It's lacking way too much in my life and in your life. It means he wants you to be sexually pure. He wants you to be morally pure. He wants you to be pure in your motives. How many times have you used passive aggressive behavior on your spouse, on your parents, on your coworkers? He goes, that's evil. That's an evil practice. He says, I want you to be pure in your motives. Let me ask you a question. Would having purity here, your internal you, your character, improve or hurt your relationships and your responsibilities? We all know the answer, right? It would improve it, right? Let me ask you another way. Does impurity here, impure motives, impure morals, impure sexuality, do they make these better or break these? It's obvious, right? They, they break them. Like nobody wants to be married to or friends with or be working with someone who has impure motives, who's making it all about themselves. I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster, right? And even though like you, you may kind of push back on this notion that purity really matters for you, like, oh, it's not that big a deal, Paul, you're just really overstating this. You wanna be around people who have purity right here, don't you? You want a person that has pure character, pure motives, so that when they're talking to you, you're not wondering what game are they playing? Well, that's not where he stops. He goes, oh, first of all, Christ-like character is driven by the wisdom from heaven, seeing things from God's perspective, perspective is first of all pure, and then peace-loving. It doesn't mean that you're a peacekeeper. That's where you get into passive-aggressive behavior. You just don't say anything you seethe underneath. He says, no, you're peace-loving. See, peace-loving doesn't mean that you just lay down and let everybody run over you, create peace at any cost. No, 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 no. 
But aren't we drawn to people who are peace-loving? In other words, they love you enough to have the critical conversation, the crucial conversation to say, hey, I love you, I care about you, but to make our relationship work better, this is what we need to talk about. This is what we need to do. See, this is not the absence of pushing through conflict. This is people who love peace and love you enough that they're gonna push through conflict. Like, like would you rather live with someone who looks for opportunities to build peace by having the conversations they need to have or somebody who shatters peace because they're always just pushing things down and repressing them and they're walking around with selfish ambition and bitter envy? Like, would you rather have someone who tries to work through and maintain peace or just loves to live in unhealthy conflict because they won't ever address anything? See, James says, when you choose to follow Jesus and let him do his work in your character, th this is who he'll guide you to become, but he's not done. He, he goes on, this, this is what else character looks like. Like he's saying, this is the character, this is your model. See, here, here's the problem. Most of us, we look at other people and compare ourselves to other people for whether to determine our character. And he says, oh, no, 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 no. When you want to determine your character, you look at Jesus. No, don't compare yourself to somebody else. Because here's what will happen. And I had a friend say this to me just recently. He said, Paul, he said, the problem with you Christians is this. He said, you compare yourself to each other, but you say you follow Jesus. He said, the greatest hypocrisy in your, you Christians is this. He said, you should be comparing yourself to Jesus. Because he said, the more y'all compare yourselves to each other, he said, the more sin you allow in your life and justify it. Wow. Say what you really think. But James is saying the same thing. He says, when you choose to follow Jesus and let him work in and through you, this is what he's going to guide you to become. This is your comparison. So he says, you're peace-loving and also considerate. Now, to be considerate means I think of your needs and interact with you, not just on my own. That's, so to be considerate would mean the longer you've attended RCC, the farther away you park away from the front door. The longer you've attended RCC and are growing your relationship with God, the closer you sit to the front and more to the middle of the row you meet. You're not an end sitter. You know what I mean? Where everybody's got to crawl on you, on top of you. Or you don't take all the best parking places up at the front door. I'm just kind of talking a lot. Like that's what character looks like. And you've got those of you sitting on the end of the aisle going, is he talking to me? I don't know. Is the Holy Spirit talking to you? I don't know. See, to be considerate means I think of other people's needs and interests, not just my own. I don't just focus on how I see things and what's best for me. I try to see them from other people's point of view and how it's going to affect them. Here's another one he says. Submissive. Whoo, that's a loaded word. Let me just camp on this for the rest. No. So what does this word mean? It just means I'm not going to be a person who always demands my way and get mad when I don't get my way. It means I don't have to get what I want all the time. In other words, I'm comfortable enough in who I am and who God has made me to be that I can say, oh, let's just do it your way. It doesn't have to be my way. Have you ever watched people that lack character? They're always arguing about the details of things that don't matter. 
and it always has to be their idea. Anybody else bring up the idea? Ah, it's not a good idea. So submissive is saying, oh, it's not about me. It's being wise enough and understanding enough and humble enough not to assume that I'm always right and that I have the best way and I have to have my way. Well, there's more. He says, person of character is also full of mercy, which shows up in good fruit. So mercy is the idea that when people fail me in some way, when people don't live up to my expectations, what comes out of my core is not anger and judgment and condemnation. See, mercy is the idea that when somebody doesn't live up to my expectation or someone fails me, I'm not going to give them what they deserve. I'm going to give them what they need. And I'm going to give them exactly what I hope somebody will give me when I fail and I fall short. I'm going to give them mercy. I'm going to say, it's okay. I forgive you. I've already forgiven in advance. Everybody fails. Let's just keep moving forward. See, a person that has the character quality of mercy is not historical. They're focused on the future and where things can go. Now, before you say that's soft, let me ask you, would you rather work for a boss or live with a spouse or have a school teacher who's full of mercy? Or have a boss or spouse or school teacher who treats you the way you're treating that person that needs mercy in your life? But would you rather date someone who criticizes or encourages you when you mess up? But he doesn't stop there. He goes on and he says, um, they're impartial. <laughs> impartial just means that I have the kind of character that treats everybody with equal dignity and, and respect. I'm respectful of you regardless of who you are. I'm, I'm respectful of you even if you disagree with me. I'm respectful of you even if you can't do anything for me. I, I'm respectful of you even if you're nothing like me. And then he goes on, he says, oh, and by the way, they're sincere. I just love this. James says, God wants you at your core to be a person of sincerity, of integrity. Someone whose word can be trusted. Someone who says what they mean and then does what they say. Now, here's the thing. Every one of these, these are all heart issues, aren't they? They're, they're all character traits. And these character traits right here, they drive and define all these other areas of your life, your relationships and your responsibilities. And we all understand that, right? That's not necessarily new information. But here is what we often miss about this. Our world is designed to some degree to make us focus on our relationships. It doesn't always, I mean, if you don't like it, you get out, you know, you quit your job, quit your, you know, quit your marriage, you, you know, there's some accountability on our relationships. So we spend a little bit of time focused on relationships. But there's also, our world is designed to make, make us pay attention to our responsibilities. In fact, 
We understand that if we ignore our responsibilities, the consequences of ignoring our responsibilities, they're going to catch up with quickly, and there's a price to pay. So I think most of us, we probably tend to focus more on our responsibilities. Because when we do well with our responsibilities, we get rewarded, right? So there's a little bit of accountability, and accountability is a good thing. But here's my question to you. Who's paying attention to your character? And if you say you are, then we just need to talk after the service because you will lie to yourself worse than anybody about the level of your character. But my question is, who other than you is paying attention to whether you're developing these kind of character qualities that James talked about? I mean, think about it this way. It's not unusual to get a text from someone that says, hey, how's everything at work? Or, you know, how's everything at school? Or, you know, how's everything, you know, with your hobby or whatever? That's not, that's just kind of normal conversation. But when is the last time somebody texts you and says, so how's your heart? Did, did you show enough mercy today? Were you pure in every way? Were you considerate with every person that you met? Were you submissive with every person that you interacted with? Were you peace-loving with every encounter that you had today? Like those kind of questions are so uncommon that if somebody asks you that or texts you that, it would just be weird, wouldn't it? But think about it. When is the last time you had a conversation like that with a character-building friend? And here's what I'll bet. I bet it's been a long time. Because see, nothing in our world makes us focus on or pay attention to our character. When life gets bad, our relations get bad, and our responsibilities get bad, well, let's just go away for the weekend and sit at a bar and drink beer. Oh, let's just get us some wine and let's just go to our house and have dinner and just drink ourselves. You know, it's like whatever your drug of choice is, the world says, do that. See, everything in our culture chips away at this every day. You can't watch TV. You can't listen to radio without it chipping away at that. Everything chips away at our honesty, our sincerity, our mercy, our humility. Everything does. So if you just go with the flow of this world and you never pay attention to this, your character will not naturally improve. Without you knowing it, it will start developing cracks. It's going to deteriorate. And those cracks, they're going to begin to spread up into all of these other areas of your life. And guess what? Over time, you're going to have dating problems. Over time, you're going to have friendship problems. Over time, you're going to have neighbor problems. Over time, you're going to have marriage problems. Over time, you're going to have work problems. You're going to have money problems. And you're going to assume that you need to fix these, your responsibility and your relationships. When the root of all your problems is this. Now, before you dismiss everything I've said, let me ask you a question. Think of a problem that you're facing or one that you have faced in this area, your responsibility and your relationships. Would more of this make the problem that you're facing purity, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, mercy, impartial, sincerity? Would it make the problem better or worse? 
Well, we know the answer, right? It'd make it better if we had this, right? Or here's an even bigger question. Think about this. If all of these things had been true of your life before the problem arose, would you have ever had that problem? And the answer is probably not, right? See, these are not just prescriptive. They're preventative. So my question this morning is how intentional are you about letting God speak in, lean in to your character every day? And then some of you are going, well, how do I do that? Well, one way is by connecting with a character-building person. See, most of your friends are not character-building. Most of your family are not character-building people. They let you wallow in your, your dysfunction. In fact, they fuel it. Because they feed your drug of choice, whether that's recreation, pleasure, whatever that is. But who is that character-building person you have in your life? See, having friendships that make you focus on your character and become that person that God created you to be, it's essential in the world that we live today. See, God created us with the need to grow through what I call character-building relationships. In other words, we need a circle of people that we trust enough that we give all access to all three areas of our life, people who are willing to be fully transparent or you're willing to be fully transparent with and say, hey, here's what everybody else can see, but here's what's really happening in my character. It's not this, it's selfish ambition and I'm harboring, harboring bitter envy. And I'm just gonna tell you, to work on this, it needs to be somebody more than just family because it's so easy to dismiss observation of family members. I mean, a family member can point out something and you too easily brush that aside. You need someone who is like their character's here, your character's here, and you're like, I know. Because here's the thing, a person with character is not going to judge you. They're going to be full of what? Sincerity, impartial, mercy, submissive, considerate, peace-loving, pure. You're going to just open your soul to a person of character because they're for you. But they're not going to let you stay where you're at. It's one of the reasons why we're offering opportunities in 2024 to be part of a group in some way this year. It's why we're offering short-term groups in February, or excuse me, January and March of this, this spring, and then workshops in February, and you'll see more information coming out about those if you didn't get in those that, um, that we have, we're having in January. Like, if you really want to leave 2024 better than you found it, then you need to stop by the gallery and talk about joining a small group in 2024. Have a conversation about how to become part of a group that even meets for long-term, not just the three-week short-term kind of groups that we have. Because here's what should happen out of a group. Out of a group, you want to find that person or those couple of people that you can have that character-building honesty with. That's what you want. Not maybe, maybe a few of them may not, maybe not be the whole group. But, but if, if you're in a group, let me just say this. If you're in a group right now and you are not humble enough to be honest and transparent, then you're never going to help one another in that group to become who God created you to be. And, and I, I, I hear and I see it all the time. People go in a group and, and they just want to like put this surface stuff out and act like, well, I wonder why my life is not getting better. Listen, the best thing some of you could do this week is to go to your group and just put it on the table. I haven't been honest about my, well, 
pretend the circle's over here, my character, right? And I don't think we're being honest with each other about this. See, this is how God designed us to grow. The best friends that you can have are character-building friends who help you become a person that James described. They're pure in their motives. They're pure in their being. They're sincere, they're impartial, they're submissive, they're considerate, they're peace-loving. In fact, here's how James describes what character-building relationships look like later in chapter five. Notice what he says. Therefore, confess your sin, your character flaws to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I don't want you to miss what James is saying. When you confess your sins to God, you're forgiven. But when you confess your sins to one another, that's when you experience healing. God designed it that way. In fact, you may want to write that down. When you confess your sins to God, you're forgiven. But when you confess your sins to one another, that's when you experience healing. You know why you experience healing? Because all of a sudden you start being held accountable for your character because your character is the foundation for the rest of your life. And if you want healing in the area of your responsibilities, your relationships, it has to start with your character. And if you're never vulnerable and transparent with people about your character, you'll never get healed in these areas. You'll never be all that God created you to be unless we have given people permission to speak in our character. So if we start this year, let me ask you this question. Who, have you, who has permission to check up on your character? Like who have you given permission to ask you the hard question, to point out the flaws when they see them, to question your motives, to make sure that you are doing what you say you are wanting to do and you want to be. In fact, uh, this week I wanna challenge you to find a person that so intimidates you because of their walk with Jesus that you go to that person and say, I know you're a person of character. I wanna have the character of Jesus. Hold me accountable. Because here's the truth. No matter how old you get, you need character building relationships that are impacting the quality and direction of your life. In fact, the older I get, the less character I feel like I have and the more area I see I have to grow. It's just the opposite of what I thought. I thought, man, the older I got, man, more, like, man, I just see more and more and more and more flaws. One day, you guys are gonna realize how flawed I am as a person and imperfect and human I am and go, okay, we need another pastor that's perfect. But I mean, like, that'll happen when Jesus comes, right? Because he's the only perfect one. But I'm just telling you, I, here's the thing you'll discover. The more you work on your character, the more you work to become like Jesus, the farther the gap you're gonna see between you and Jesus. So character building relationships or one of the five ways that God grows our faith. So we better pay attention to our relationships that we're investing in and how they're shaping us because your relationships determine the direction and the quality of your life. They determine what kind of character you have. So it needs to be someone that has so much higher character than you that you trust. And it needs to be somebody besides a family member. It may be somebody in your small group. It may be somebody that you work with. It may even be a friend that's ahead of you in life. But tell them, hey, I want you to speak. I want you to use James chapter three to hold me accountable. I want you to make sure I keep growing in my character. Now, some of you are sitting there saying, yeah, I just ain't doing that. What I do is my business. no. Actually, what you do here is not just your business. 
Because what happens here, it impacts everything that happens here. Your relationships and your responsibilities. So don't let pride and your ego rob you of progress tomorrow. I I know you're gonna give a little bit of time to your relationships, and I know you're gonna give a lot of time to this. But here's my question. Will you commit to giving daily time to this? Because for your sake and all the people around you's sake, I mean, it's, it's essential. Make the decision that I'm gonna give someone permission to pay attention to all three of these circles, not just two. Listen, if you wanna leave 2024 better than you found it, you need to make the decision that you're gonna give someone who's a character building person permission to help you grow in your character. Because if you grow in your character, then you'll experience better outcomes here and here. So don't let pride keep you from making the decision. If you do, as James says, remember what James says? It's always disorder and chaos. And, and our pride is keeping most of us in our responsibilities and our relationships and disorder and chaos. But if you choose the path of wisdom and humility and understanding and you decide you're going to get a character building person and you're gonna give them permission to check on your character, I can promise you that 2024 will be so much better than you found it. And that's what you want or you wouldn't be here. That's what I want for you, so... Before I pray for you today, I I want to just have a moment of silence in all the rooms. This is not a time for you to get up and walk out because we're gonna be considerate of other people. This is a character building exercise for some of you. We're gonna sit here for just a moment in silence and I'm gonna let you wrestle with God about why you struggle to make yourself accountable. What, what is that pride? What is that denial that's going on in your heart that keeps you from daily having people, a person in your life who is a character building person? Instead, you have these friends who help you justify your lack of character. You wrestle with God and then I'm gonna pray for you about this decision to make this choice. Heavenly Father, thank you for James and using him to write these words that we just heard today. They're hard to hear. Because when we look at our heart, our our character, through the mirror 
of what James wrote, we see so many cracks. We see so many flaws. And Heavenly Father, you know this better than anyone. And our tendency when we look into the mirror of your word is then to try to hide and, and, and deny the truth that we have cracks and flaws in our character. And then we do the boasting thing and we, we talk about how we're better than other people. Forgive us for our sin of denial and our sin of comparison. And may we today come before you humbly. Say, God, we need understanding and we need wisdom. And I'm asking you, Jesus, to help me to find that character-building person who will help me to focus on becoming the person that you created, that you died on a cross and you rose again so I could be empowered by your spirit and free from all of my sin. And thank you that you already know all of my sin and all of my character flaws and you love me anyway and you have somebody else out there that's a character building person that has that kind of character as well and help me to take the risk to step in and allow them to help me be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ this year. God, I pray that when we walk out of the rooms today, our ego will not get in the way. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks for the transformation that's gonna happen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.